Good evening. Hope you are all doing well. We're learning Maseches Moed Katan, Daf Gimel Amid Beis, and Daf Talid. We'll be starting at the very beginning of Gimel Amid Beis and going um, just two words shy uh, of the last uh, of the last line, uh, two words shy of the page, I should say, on Dalit Amid Beis. We have a lot of ground to cover. Just as a scheduling note, um, tomorrow morning we will have Daf Yomi at, uh, I guess, let's call it 710-ish, whatever the case may be. Uh, after the early shachris, if there is one, and before the 745 shachris, no matter what. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, uh, we'll be learning uh, Dafyomi. I'll be posting, I should say, Dafyomi. I'm not yet sure about Shabbos. I'm going to try to overlearn two days uh, so that we can cover Shabbos. And then Sunday morning, I'll post Sunday morning. Um, and, and then Monday, I'll be back in your session. So uh, a lot of posting, basically. Feel free to learn elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, Monday yeah. is Monday's daf. Monday, everything's going to be on, in line. Everything's going to be on time. I had initially intended on doing a blot and a half a day right. for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But then I saw that this is not an easier, an easier mesechta. So, uh, so no, no. All right, let's get started. Gimel on the base top of the line. He also Ravdimi, famously Ravdimi, uh, as Rashi says on the top, he, um, he did Yerida, me Eretz Yisrael to Babel. When he went from um, Eretz Yisrael to Babel, he brought a brysa with him. Omar, he said the following brysa, but he did not know what the brysa meant. He knew it by heart, but he didn't know what it was. The brysa reads, Yochol Yoloke al Tosefes. Maybe one will end up getting Malkos for the Tosefes, for the additional. We don't know what that's talking about yet. But then the halacha ended up concluding that it would be a tour that they would not get Malkos, but we have no idea what this is. And he's open about it. I have no idea what the brysa means. So he was in Bavel with all of the grades of Bavel. And he said to them, tell me, what do you guys think the brysa is talking about? So we're talking about Choresh during Shviz. This was the Sugi that we spoke about yesterday. Here's Pshat in the Braisa. Maybe I would have thought that if you do Choresh during a year of Shviz, a year of Shemitah, that you would have been Chayv Malkos to Asimi Klalu Pradu Klal. Because yesterday, was it yesterday? Yesterday we learned about this principle of Klalu Pradu Klal, which is one of the hermeneutical principles, one of the Yud Gilomidos Shatorne Dreshes Bahin. And a klalu pradu klal is a type of limud that is more expansive. It's more inclusive. And therefore, Chorish would have been included in the prohibitions of how not to work the land during Shviz, therefore Malkos. And then the Gemara ended up concluding that it would be up to it. See, this klalu pradu klal doesn't really make sense because there were so many pratim. There were so many different possible toldos and the different avos that one could do. There has to be a reason why they were included. And therefore, it's not klalu pradu klal. Simply Klaluprat, which is more limiting, and then Choresh would not have Malkos. So that's how uh, Rebbe Lazar understood this uh, this enigmatic brisa that Rav Dimi brought with him from Eretz Yisrael. However, Rav Yochanan completely uh, does a different uh, different landscape entirely, and this will uh, launch us into a, a significant sugya about whether or not one is allowed to do. Uh, work on their land in the weeks and months leading up to the beginning of a Shemitah year. So right now we're in the middle of a Shemitah year. So we just had Rosh Hashanah a few months ago. What about all of the months before that? Like, is there like a pregame, right? Like we're careful on Erev Shabbos, don't, don't get near Shkia. 
How does that work on Erev So that's what um, Rav Yochanan says here, seven lines down. Rav Yochanan Amar, The days that the rabbis added before Rosh Hashanah as a restriction, as you head into Rosh Hashanah of a Shemitah year, we restricted the, we restricted people, the Chachamim restricted people from doing certain things in the field. Here's Pshat and the Bryce of Rav Dimi. I might have thought that maybe a person would be Chayev Malkos if they violated the Halachos of Shemitah in the months, or we'll see in the 30 days leading up to Rosh Hashanah. After all, to Asya, we have a, a, a drasha to be learned, that from the harisha and from Ketira, one should stop. And then the halacha ended up not being that way. And then we see the conclusion of the b'risa is that no, you are in fact pater if you violate the tosefes of shvis. Um, and we'll see means we'll see the sugya in detail at the bottom of this page, wrapping up to the top of Dalat Amadalev. So we'll learn about that more. Okay, so this, so far, what we've learned is two possible approaches and how to understand Rabdimi. What we're going to do now is dig into the second one. What does it mean when we say that there are days before Rosh Hashanah that are prohibited in the Halachos of Shviz? So we're talking about, let's say, the month of Elul. Elo, the 30 days prior to, I'm just giving this as an example, 30 days prior to uh, Rosh Hashanah of Shemitah, your Tavshin Pei Beis. So it says the Gemara, Kiddetana. What does the Mishnah say? Ad Mosai Choshin Basada Ilan Erev Shviz. How far into the sixth year is one allowed to plow in an orchard in the sixth year prior to Shviz? So that's a machlokas tanoim. Bishamai Omrim calls Manshiya for the pre. For as long as it's beneficial for the pre of the sixth year to be treated well, because after all, that, fr- that fruit grew in the sixth year. It's totally fine when it's allowed to eat it. And once it finally is plucked, you're allowed to eat it. You just can't work the field during that year. So during the sixth year, no problem. For as long as it's good for the fruit, you can work the field. Until Shavuos. And says the Brisa, it's actually a Mishnah, says the Mishnah, really the shitas of Beishamah and Beishelel are not far off from one another in time. Next, the Brisa continues. How long is one allowed to plow a white field? Rashi here says this is Shel Tavua, it's a field of grain. I guess it must have had a white look to it. I don't know. It must have been something, but it was referred to as a Steh Alavan, uh, Erev Shviz. How much into a, a year of Erev Shviz is one allowed to uh, plow a grain field? Says the Gemara, from when the moisture stops, from when the rain stops, from the rain season ends. And as well, for as long as a person would be willing to plow their field, Lita to, to plant different types of gourds. Says the Gemara, that's a very difficult shita to swallow because if that's true, that it's just a question of your willingness of what you want to do, so then it's super subjective. Everyone gets to choose. I want to plant longer, so I get to. That's ridiculous. You can't say that the prohibition of Erev Shviz is I get one rule and you get another rule and you get still a third rule. We need something that's uniform. We need something that's consistent, that's clear, that has no sveikos in it. A little bit more than a third of the way down, says the Gemara, you're right. It must be, says Rav Shimon, that Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai gave more clear parameters. When it came to the to the topic of a stelavan of a grain field, that's ad pesach until pesach. So six months prior to that new year, so in the sixth year of the shemitah cycle, you'd have to stop plowing a field six months before on pesach before you'd get to before you'd get to the high holidays. Uh, when it came to an orchard, ad you'd have until shavuos. 
which was only seven weeks later. Skip the parentheses. They said, Rabban Gamliel says that the Bezdin, his own Bezdin saw these two time periods that Beis Hillel and Shammai gave to say that by a, st- a stay love on that by a field of grain that we stop by Pesach and by an orchard we stop by Shavuos and Rabban Gamliel uprooted it. He undid that rabbinic injunction. And he says, that's not true. You have even more time to work the fields. So how did that happen? How could Rabban Gamliel uproot Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel? We don't know exactly when this happened, but it was either a question asked to Rabbi Abo or to Rabbi Yochanan. How can it be that Rabban Gamliel undid the Gzeir Derabanan of Beishamai and Beishilo? We're a little bit more than halfway down. Rabban Gamliel, the Beishdino, Hechi Matsu Mevatle Takanta de Beishamai u Beishilo. That doesn't make sense because we know we have a checks and balances system when it comes to Dine Derabanan. What is the checks and balances system? It's very simple. The Mishnah writes, this is a Mishnah that we have uh, learned in other contexts, but it's primarily quoted in Masechus Adios. Ein bezdin, the only time that one is allowed to undo a previously established rabbinic injunction is if the current basin is louder and is, is uh, larger in wisdom and in number. And the Bezdin of Rabban Gamliel was not in that category as it relates to the Bezdin of Beishamai and Beishilal. So how then could Rabban Gamliel have undone what Beishamai and Beishilal established? Again, Beishamai and Beishilal established that one is allowed to plow a grain field until Pesach and one is allowed to plow an orchard until Atzeres, until Shavuos. Rabban Gamliel says it's not true. We changed it. We undid the rabbinic injunction. How is he allowed to do that? Says the, the Gemara, that uh, the person who they asked, again, it was either Rabbi Abo or Rabbi Yochanan, they sat there seemingly dumbfounded, uh, like, oh, wow, um, good question. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure I know the answer to that question. So that was a very good, uh, a very good question. And says the Gemara, they finally answered, It must be that when Beishamah and Beishelel established their rules, they built a loophole into the system. How so? It's a built-in clause. Right? Sometimes lawyers do this when they want to when they want to chop a rhyme on behalf of their client. They built in a loophole. They build in some type of clause that allows for an exit strategy. So maybe says the Gemara that Rabban Gamliel, all he was doing was utilizing a rule that Beishamai and Beishilel built into their rabbinic injunction. Beishamai and Beishilel built in a restriction that one is not allowed to plow a grain field after Pesach and you cannot uh, plow an orchard after Shavuos. However, said Beishamai and Beishilel, there is a loophole. If in your generation it doesn't need to be done, you can stop. So Rabban Gamliel just employed the loophole. Says the Gemara, hold on one second. Hold on. We're saying that there's some type of rabbinic injunction from Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel that the, that the grain field we can plow in the sixth year of a Shemitah cycle until uh, Pesach, and that an orchard can be <coughs> plowed until Shavuos. But asks the Gemara, through three quarters of the way down, 15 lines or so from the bottom, did who he? Were, were these rules really Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel? Was it really their rule? No. Halacha lemoshmi well, what's the actual source of the of the injunction that during the sixth year we have to stop with the stay love on when it comes to 
when it comes to Pesach, and we have to stop with a uh, with a stay Elon when it comes to Atzeres. That's not that's not That's Halacha Moshe Misinahi. I think we've seen this Gemara at least five times. It says the Gemara, Eser Nitios, the 10 plantings. This was a rule of that if you have 10 saplings, 10 young trees that are growing within a certain uh, space, then one is allowed to still service. And that's Halacha Moshe Misinahi, but you have to stop at a certain point. So that's Halacha Moshe Misinahi. We have that Halacha already. What did, it wasn't Beishamai and Beis Hillel. Well, that's so strange. And let's finish off this little brisa. So Esther, Natios, Arava, and Venisu Chamaim, all of those are halacha l'mosh misinai. So how can you say that it's Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel who gave us the rabbinic injunctions of year six as it relates to Shemitah? Hare, it's halacha l'mosh misinai, because it says Esther, Natios. That case references what's going on in the sixth and seventh years. We don't need anything else. So says the Gemara, Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, ki gemiri hilchasa shloshim yom lifneim Rosh Hashanah. Really, the halacha l'moshmi Sinai was a 30-day halacha l'moshmi Sinai. So Rosh Chodesh Elul, at that point in Tavshin Pei Aleph, which is a non-Shemitah year, year six of the cycle, then one starts to follow some of the halachos of Shemitah. Kind of reminds me of the, of the age of chinuch of a child. Like one of my children said to me today on Shabbos, I don't need to keep the five hours yet. I'm not bas mitzvah yet. I'm like, if you're having this argument with me, that means that you're a bas chinuch. It means that you're a sophisticated human being who can dialogue and learning. Like, no, you're done. You got to wait into the sixth hour. So she's still handling. What does six hours mean? I'm like, oh my gosh, how much time do you have? <laughs> it's like if 15 shitas, the me'iri is five and a half. The bay, the pastas of the Rambam is a little bit into the sixth hour, and that some of the from shitas are a full six hours. <laughs> but she's ten. I just I'm like five hours and one minute. So she asked me a beautiful question: Is it really one minute or is it one second? <laughs> I said, Let's talk a great question. What's the answer? I don't see why there's a difference. I'm sorry. It should be one. Should be one second. You're into the sixth hour. That was what I answered. I don't know if I'm right. I said, I, I the one that. minute is I, not I a metziah. No, the, the one minute is not a metziah. We call it that. Yeah. But it's into the, she's right. I think, she's right. I think she nailed it. I never thought of it until she asked it because you have to be like the children's yeah. uh, purity of, uh, yeah, we don't ask certain questions because like we're, we're like pre-wired, <laughs> but she was great. Okay, anyways, uh, this is kind of like that. So it says the Gemara, For the whole month of Elul, there is a restriction. And what was it that Beishamai and Beishelel added? And they added in injunctions beyond the Halacha Moshmi Sinai, which was only 30 days. They added in an injunction from Pesach as it relates to a grain field in Atzeres, as it relates to an orchard. The Isnu Biditu, and they made, they, Beisil and Beishamai, made a condition called a little pretty bow on this nice little sugya. Oh, everything seems so beautiful. Says the Gemara, hold on one second. <clears throat> You just said that the 30 days prior was that's not true. They're actually in Chomish. What do you mean? By definition, doesn't have psukim. Otherwise, it wouldn't be called so says the Gemara, how can you tell me that really uh, the I was 30 days? That's not right. It's really psukim. Titania, the Bryce writes, What does this Pasuk mean? That with a plow and with harvesting, you should stop. I know that these words are not talking about year seven. Why not? Because 
I already have these prohibitions in Chumash. There's no such thing as extra words in the Torah. So if the words of uh, of uh, uh, teach me my general prohibitions in year seven. So what were all the words about of so how does Rabbi Akiva learn the Pesukim? Simple. He says there are restrictions on both ends, but let's just discuss our end, that on the way in to a Shemitah year, you have to stop. So according to Rabbi Akiva's understanding, it's not at all. It's basic pshat in the Pesukim. However, this b'risa concludes with the shita of Rabbi Shmuel, and Rabbi Shmuel doesn't agree to this drasha. What does Rabbi Shmuel say? Rabbi Shmuel Omer, Macharish Rishus Av Katsir Rishus Yatzak Tzir HaOmer Shehi Mitzvah. What do we learn from this? We learn that the Ktsiras HaOmer is a mitzvah. It's nothing to do with Shemitah. It's just that we're allowed, even on Shabbos, to do the Ktsira, to do Kotzer, to harvest the grain, the barley, in order to do the Ktsiras HaOmer, to do the Hakravas HaOmer on the sixteenth of Nisan. So therefore, does Rabbi Shmuel learn these psukim the same way? No, Rabbi Shmuel can still use the halacha of Moshe Messina. It just doesn't work for Rabbi Akiva, because Rabbi Akiva understood the psukim becharishu vakotir tishpos to say, we already know that your six is restricted, so there's no use for halacha of Moshe Messina. Ella says the Gemara, according to Rabbi Akiva, how would we then understand? It must be that Amar Nachman bar Yitzchak kigmiri hilchasa the mishra yalda. The only thing that the halacha of Moshe Messina teaches me is that it allows me to take care of the yalda, the yalda ones, referencing the saplings, the Yeser Natios. That was Allah Lamosh Misinai. And Kroe, what did the Pesukim come along to teach us? The Pasuk of Becharishu Vakatsir Tishpos. That's the Mesar Zakena to tell me that I'm not allowed to take care of any of the older trees. Because I'm, what did the Allah Lamosh Misinai say? You can only take care of the younger trees. That's Kasha, says the Gemara, that's ridiculous. The came in the Hilchas of the Mishra Yolda. Once I have a halacha l'moshe misinai, according to Rabbi Akiva's understanding of the Pesukim, once I have a halacha l'moshe misinai to teach me that the young saplings can be taken care of, don't I already know? Lav memela zakeno asir. I don't need Pesukim for that. That's ridiculous. Ella, therefore, the Gemara says as follows, that according to Rabbi Akiva, there is no halacha l'moshe misinai. However, Elahilcha saw the Rebbe Ishmael and Kroe the Rebbe Akiva. Wow, this is a huge change in the Mesora. We don't know if this was Halacha Lemoshmi Sinai or not. The days that are restricted or the trees that are allowed to be taken care of just prior to Shviz, we don't know if it's Halacha Lemoshmi Sinai or not. According to Rebbe Akiva, seems to be a Pasuk and Chumash that teaches us these restrictions. But according to Rebbe Ishmael, who learns those Psukim differently, no. That means that the halacha of Moshe Misina is required to teach me this din, and therefore, according to Rabbi Akiva, there is no halacha of Moshe Misina, and according to Rabbi Ishmael, there is. Says the Gemara, this uh, little, again, we, we, we keep thinking that we understand, but we don't. Says the Gemara, eight, nine lines down on Dalad Manalaf, Rabbi Yochanan, Amar Rabban Gamliel, um, uh, that we seem to have something in Chumash which can uproot what we've learned. And let's see in a moment what this means. We'll have more clarity on this in a second. My taima. What learning do we have that seems to change our restrictions in the sixth year? Gamar Shabbos, Shabbos, Mi Shabbos Breshis. We have a Gzereshava from Shabbos from Shemitah and Shabbos of Shabbos Breshis. When we say Shabbos Breshis here, it just means like just a regular Shabbos that we keep, like the ones that represent Breshis. A good thing to remind ourselves every once in a while. We stop once a week not to take a rest for ourselves. We stop once a week to remember that a Kodesh Baruch Hu created the world. And what's the comparison between Shabbos and Shemitah? Ma lehalan, just like by Shabbos that he asira asura 
only that day is prohibited. But But on Friday up until Shkia, and on Shabbos after three medium stars, you can do Melacha. The same and exact thing is true with Shemitah. We have a Pasuk that seems to imply that you can do anything you want to a field in year six up to the time that Rosh Hashanah kicks in. So says the Gemara, I'm not understanding something. Maski Ravashi. Man de Omar Hilchasa. We have one person who says that there's Allah Moshe Misina. That's Rabbi Shmuel. And Asiyak Zera Shava Akra Hilchasa. And then we have two competing things in the Chumash that that conflict with one another. It's it's that's oil and water. You you can't have it that way. You have again Rabbi Shmuel holds that there's Allah Moshe Misina that it's us to do some th- certain things in the year six. Then there's a Zera Shava that it's Mutter. How does that even work? And even according to Rabbi Akiva, Uman de Amar Kra, even according to Rabbi Akiva, who learns that the restrictions of your six are not learned from Allah, but are learned from a Pasuk, Asik, Zer, Shava, and Akra, Kra. It doesn't make sense. You can't have two Mari Makomos that are perfectly opposed to one another when both of them are Daraisa. That says the Gemara, you're right. Elo Amar Ravashi, Rabban Gamliel, Ubeis Dino, Savre Laki, Rabbi Shmuel, Do Amar Hilchasag Mirila. Rabban Gamliel and his Bezdin follow the sheet of Rabbi Shmuel that the Psukim don't teach us anything, and therefore Halach Lamosh Misina is what teach us, teaches us restrictions. However, the Chigmiri Hilchasa, when we when do we have an application of this Gemiri of this tradition? That's only Bizman Shabes and Mikdash Kayam, Jumyudinisuchamayim. The only time we have a restriction of the year six is when there's a Beis HaMikdash. However, similar to Nisu Chamayim, which of course only applies when there is a Beis HaMikdash. However, says the Gemara, Bizman Beis HaMikdash Kayam, Beis HaMikdash Kayam, Lo, Halacha Lamosh Misinai doesn't apply in year six. So therefore, the Halacha Lamosh Misinai applies to when there is a Beis HaMikdash. And the Kula, as it were, the fact that we compare to regular Shabbos, that all day Friday and all night Saturday night is mutter b'malacha. Therefore, that's why nowadays we don't have strong restrictions in year six. And that is how the Gemara concludes this sugya. So therefore, uh, it seems to be that we hold, not like Rabbi Akiva, it seems like we hold like Rabbi Shmo, that the restrictions that we have in year six are derived from halacha l'mosh misinai, but it only applies in the times of the Beis HaMikdash. Nebuch, we don't have a Beis HaMikdash, so whatever's happening now in Eretz Yisrael, or really last year, in the end of the year of Eretz Yisrael, so there, uh, there were no restrictions, seemingly, and even up to one minute before Rosh Hashanah, you probably should be dressed in your finest, but if you chose to stick a shovel on the ground and pour some water, you can do whatever you want, it doesn't matter. It's year six, no problem at all. Okay, <clears throat> we're about a third of the way down on Dal Oh gosh. Says the Gemara. Bishlama me kilon. Sorry, skipped a line. We said in our Mishnah that yes, you are allowed to water a field called Beis Hashlach. And this is a field that's very difficult to irrigate, to, get, to keep it wet. So says the Gemara, you're not allowed to use rainwater and you're not allowed to use water from a well. Uh, and that's because of the halachas of Tircha. So says the Gemara, Bishlama me kilon. I understand you cannot use well water because Ika Tircha Yesera. You're using the well. You got the whole you know, the window handle from the circa 1980s. And that's what you do over and over again to roll up the bucket. That's a tircha. And the megashamim, but rainwater, it just collected in a pit. Who cares? My tircha ika. Why does the Mishnah restrict the use of rainwater for the base ashlachen for this field that needs water during cholamoy? 
What's the big deal? Why is it different than the other case in the Mishnah that was allowed? This isn't like the well water. This water is simple. It's just sitting there waiting to be used. This is a machlokas in the Amorim. Amar Rabbi Loa, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Gzeira make shamimatu mekilo. Okay, says the Gemara, you're right. Inherently, there's nothing wrong with rainwater, but we have a concern that we may end up treating it like well water and that you'll have to then, it, you know, it may, we, they're easy to mix up, basically. They're deep. They're deep cisterns, they're deep uh, collections of water, and when you can mix up one with the other. With a subtle difference, five lines before the white lines, Ravashi says, Amar, make shamim gufaihu lidei me kilo nasu. No, the, by the time you get to the bottom of the rainwater in that pit, you will be doing the same exact thing you'd be doing in a well, which is dropping in a bucket. And that is called tircha, and therefore it's not allowed. And this is v'kamif de This is all rooted in whether or not they hold like Rebzeira. What does Rebzeira hold? Amar Rebzeira, Amar Rabba, Bar Yirmiya, Amar Shmuel. So he says in the name of Shmuel, When you have rivers that are connected to lakes, one is allowed to then take from the lake and water on the um, on the Chol Hamoid. Why is that allowed? Because he doesn't have the same Gzeira that we saw above. Mar Mar When we saw that there was a Takana, which was the Sheet of Rabbi Loa Bar Yochanan, that means he doesn't he doesn't seem to hold like Rav Zera, and the other Sheeta does. And on the first very long line, two-thirds of the way down on the wider lines, the Gemara and Dalad continues with that line of Rav Zera to try and understand what he's talking about. If you have rivers and lakes that are connected, you're allowed to draw water from them in order to water the this field that needs irrigation on Chol Hamoy. Says the Gemara, why is that allowed? Why are you allowed to use the Agam? After all, what about the concerns about using a bucket to draw things up? If there should be no difference between the Agam and the water cistern that you were concerned about that collected all the rainwater. It, no matter who you hold, like we still can't use the make shaman, says the Gemara. Amr the Yermia his son said to him, Nothing to worry about. Hani Agme de Bavel, these rivers, these uh, these lakes that are in Bavel, Kemaya de lo Paski Damo, they never dry up. Right. Right. And therefore, the concern about needing to be like a tircha wouldn't be. There's no buckets that are required. It's like our hot water tanks in ours. Baruch Hashem, we have we have running water in our homes. Our hot water tanks are always full. That's how they then they have to heat up after we shower enough. Yeah, but Bavel is not in Eretz Israel, so Bavel doesn't have the Shemitah laws for it. We're talking about Cholamoid right now, but that's true. This isn't about Shemitah right now. This is just about using them on, on the Moe. That's the din uh-huh. of, of Reb Zerah. So five lines into the wide lines, the Gemara gives another sample of this. Tanur Abanan Hapsikos Vahabrechos, different uh, types of cisterns and collections of water. Shenismalu Maime Erev Yom Tov, they collected water on Erev Yom Tov. Those are Asr Lahashkos Men Bechulos Shamoid. Okay, They're, those are not allowed to be used because of tircha. But if these are these cross the paths of the aqueduct, and we're going to learn about an ama a little bit later, then it's mutter to use them because the aqueduct is fed by the aqueduct is normally fed by a spring. That's how they would have water flowing in their communities. They'd find a spring and they'd build a little piping or tunneling system to have the water travel from one place to another. So if if the Psikos and Brechos were going to be fed by the piping system that they had then mutter because just like before, we had constant dripping of water. So there's no reason to assume it's ever going to end, no reason to assume that there will be tircha. That's true. If most of the water will be will come, most of the water for that field will emanate from the piping itself and not from the psikos and the brechos from the other cisterns. 
But if it were, in fact, the majority from the psikos and the brechos, we wouldn't allow it. That's not right. We need to be using the ama here. Ravashi Amar, no, I disagree. Who cares how, if the most of the water comes from the piping system or if you drew it out in a bucket? It doesn't matter. Because the water is constantly flowing and keeping all of the cisterns filled. So who cares? I have plenty of water. There's nothing to worry about at all. There's no reason to restrict. And that's why Ravashi is lenient and such a case. In short, if we were to paskin like, um, if we were to paskin like Ravashi, then if you had a field that needed special irrigation, then basically our our uh, hoses would be perfectly fine because our water stream never turns off. Basically, I don't think I've ever you you get a notice in the mail we're doing construction and from two to four p.m. you won't have any water. Okay, but ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time our water is flowing. So if, the, if that's it works, they just shut it off. They shut it off. But it's not if broken. That's works. The Correct. Water's still, you know. Correct. But it, uh, just it's hard to compare because it's back in the day it was thing. a question of the water it, drying it up. Stopped. Like, right? Their their water they could literally just like a wadi. Like there's no water there right that's now. <laughs> that's true. We don't live over there. There are some upsides to the weather. So that's what the Gemara says uh, over here. And then the next sugi, which is still very similar, 12 lines from the bottom, Tanurabonan, Brecha Shenotefes Mayim. If you have a pool where water is dripping, Misode, Beis Hashlachen Zu, and the, the water is dripping on a Beis Hashlachen, Motor Lahashkos, Mimana Sode, Beis Hashlachen Acheres. So the Rishonim explained that you have like. Right. It's dripping. Here's what's happening. You have two base hashlachen. One is above the other. So the water from one bit, you're irrigating the one on the top. The water comes down and collects, and then it's going to spill over into the second base hashlachen. So the Gemara says that's perfectly fine. It says the Gemara, why is that perfectly fine? Maybe the water source will, will dry up. It has to be a reliable water source. It's true only when you still see that it's actually still dripping. You're right. The concern is a real concern back in the day. And we don't have that nowadays, Baruch Hashem. Detroit, the lead in the water, these are, those are good shilas, but that's uh, only applicable during Cholamoy. And anyways, you don't drink that water if you're going to put it in your grass. So, okay. This is only true if the initial spring that was feeding field one is still intact, is that that first spring is still functional. Next, and still similar to this case. It's part two parts of one field, there's two patches of a field. You know, sometimes when you're golfing, you see a green, you're like, these two things are not on the same height level. You hit the ball, it like touches that little down thing and you're done for. So you've got a, a patch up here and a patch down there, but all part of the same field. You're not allowed to draw up water from the bottom field and bring it to the top. That's Tircha, as we described. Yoser al-Kain, even more so, nothing at all. You're not allowed to drag from a lower field to a higher field because of Tircha. This was a common, uh, uh, common thing that people did. And we actually have this in Jewel. When you go to buy uh, you know, vegetables in Jewel, sometimes you stick your hand in there and you get sprayed with water. How many times has that happened to me? A hundred. It happens all the time. So why do we do that? It keeps things very fresh. So you're allowed to sprinkle the, the vegetation right before you pluck it. No, no problem. It keeps it fresh. But if you're doing it to make it grow better, that's different. That's us or that's not allowed. Ravina story time. Ravina and Rabatosva, they were going on their path. They were on a walk. Chazula Gabra, 
and they went uh, and they saw this particular person to have a dali davla bechula de moada, and he was pouring water on chola moid. This guy needs to be put into excommunication. He's not following halacha. We said that you're not allowed to do this because it says, and it's Asr. What are you talking about? It's that you're allowed to do this in order to make the food crisp. It's great. It's a great little trick. You sprinkle the water, everything's fine. Are you trying to tell me that you think that Madlin is Madlin Maya? Absolutely not. My Madlin, top of Dalad base. What is Madlin? Says the Gemara Shlufe. Shlufe, Rashi here highlights this. It's plucking out the, the vegetation that uh, that's excess. Someone who thins out the Gefanim by plucking out the extras. So he says that's what the word that's what the word Madlin means. It means to pull out the excess. And we're not going to get into this machlokas between them, but they argue about the poor person. So then the Gemara says, he, this guy is complaining. You need to put this guy in Cherum because you're not allowed to do this. He says, what do you want me to do? I have a Brysa that says, not like you. The Brysa the says, that you're allowed to sprinkle food with water in order to eat it. So says the Gemara, he's like, all right, Amar Lane, Itanya Tanya. If you have a Brysa, what am I going to say? But very good, Mar Makom. That's great. This is a very mature form of machlokas. There are times that we will see in Shas where the Amoraim and Talim are at each other's throats with disagreement, but <laughs> this seems to be more, I'm sure it's all mature, but this seems to be. Well, I have a Brysa and you have a Brysa. Right, exactly. And the word Madlin is used in various ways. At the two dots, six lines down. Maybe we won't get quite as far based on the time frame. <laughs> It says the Gemara, you're not allowed to dig out a ditch. Well, I really shouldn't foreshadow too much because the Gemara is going to define what Ugios means. My Ugios, Amar Yehuda, Banki. Very unhelpful when you don't know what the answer to the question means in the same language. Thankfully, Rashi tells us, fourth line of Rashi, Banki. Boros tachas hagfanim. They would dig a little ditch around the grapevine, v'zesim, and for olive trees. It's like the slow... Is you just dump in water so that it gets a lot of water at the base and it doesn't uh, get misplaced. The water is just going to soak in right there. So basically you dig right around the tree at the bottom or right around the vine and you dump in some water. That's what Banki is. Same thing, you're just digging out a little bit of dirt. Says the Gemara that we're not allowed to, that was our mission. It said you're not allowed to do that. At the two dots it says, Ain osin, uh, ugios Says the Gemara, Aini, are you sure you're not allowed to do it? After all, he did allow for them to do it. Says the Gemara, in one case, the vines were new, and in one case, the vines were old. Which one is which? Which one is mutter and which one is not? Rashi, nine lines from the top of the page, says, where you have something where we never have ever dug out this special little uh, ditch that was dug around the base of the vine, then the ground might be hard, you're shoveling, you're working very hard. But for uh, vines that are very old, of course, that's already been dug before. Yeah, that dirt's a little bit softer. That's okay. So we're kind of seeing back and forth in the Gemara, like how do we define Tircha? 
rolling up a pitcher is is con- rolling up a bucket and it is considered difficult digging dirt that's soft is different than digging dirt that's hard it's very very hard to define tircha and nowadays with modern applications of things we actually have certain kinds of shovels that make it very easy to break even the hardest of ground what if you're using a machine is that still called tircha so there are so many modern shilas that come up when we're trying to define tircha and cholamoy driving a car i mean it's easy. It's, there's no tirchan driving a car. It's nothing. It's nothing. We do it all the time. We do it for fun. It's nothing. So that's at least that's where really all of these real lumdish shilas about tircha come up is that it's so hard to define. It. Anyways, that's at the next two dot twelve lines down. Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah Omer, Ein Osin We said that you're not allowed to make this piping, this aqueduct. Bishlama Moed Mishum de Katarach. I understand why you're not allowed to do that on Cholamoy. That's a tircha. You got to go buy PVC piping from the store, and you got to use that nasty purple stuff that smells bad and glue it to the other piece. Everything has to be perfect. It's a big tircha. Ela Shviz. But why does our Mishnah restrict the building of an ama by Shviz? My time. Who cares? Why? There's no issue of tircha when it comes. That's only a din by Cholamoid. So says the Gemara, that's a machlokas. Last short line, Dalad Amid Beis. Pligi Bareb Zera Varebi Abba Barman. Chad Amrebi Meshanir Keoder. One of the reasons why we're concerned about digging out a channel in the dirt is because it looks like you're doing Oder. Not that you're building an aqueduct, but it looks like you're doing Oder. You're doing hoeing in the ground. That's not allowed. The Chad Amar that when it is that you're digging out this channel, it appears, it looks like a furrow. Kind of like when the plow gets pulled through, it brings up a little, like when the plow goes right in the middle, it kicks up dirt on each side. So says the Gemara, that looks like you're you're getting ready to plant. This is Shviz. It's a year of Shemitah. That's terrible. That Forget Marasayin. It looks awful. You just don't look from. So this is one of these two concerns. My Beinayhu, third of the way down, second of the wide lines. What's the difference between these two Shitas? Ika Beinayhu. The difference is the Ka'asu Maya Basre. The difference is once you already put water in it. Manda Amar Machshir Ika. There, we still have a concern. It looks like you're watering seeds. And someone who says that the concern was that it looks like you're just digging in the ground. No, you weren't just digging. Clearly, you were building a, you were building a channel for water. So looking back, we can reverse engineer and say, oh, I know why he was digging. It was for a good reason. Says the Gemara, not a good reason, because the guy who's the, the concern, the guy, excuse me, that was very disparaging. The Amora who says, who says that it looks like you're digging, and here we don't have that concern, but he should also be concerned. How is he not concerned for the other person's cheetah? Even if you just look from outside the fence, it doesn't look good. How can you do that? So says the Gemara, Ella, it must be that there's a difference, a, a different difference between them. Says the Gemara, I'll have way down. You're taking dirt and you throw it all out. You throw it away. If you're throwing the dirt away so that it doesn't actually build a furrow, you're digging out the channel with a shovel, but you don't just throw it on the side to make it look like a furrow. You, uh, you scatter it evenly so that it's not even noticeable. So okay, oh, there still looks like you're digging. So by you, it still looks like you're digging. Says That also doesn't work. Still, he should also still be concerned of you haven't dealt with that issue yet each person has to be concerned about the other person's concern says the Gemara Oder Nami uh, digging as well that when you're shoveling no matter what happens there's still something happening right where you are you're still digging there and you're, there's always what to be concerned about and he agreed to that opinion 
However, all of this poses a problem. Uh, if we were to uh, have been careful with the language when we started this sugya, our Mishnah had quoted at the th four lines before the white lines. It says, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah says, Ein osin es at, these at this next piece of Gemara, two-thirds of the way down, almost halfway into the white lines, because our Mishnah said you're not allowed to says you're not allowed to build an Amma. He says that you're not allowed to because it looks like shoveling. That's why you're not allowed. We have a Bryce that doesn't agree. The Tanakama, this is not the opinion we need yet. We'll get to Rabbi ben Azariah. The, Tan the Tanakama says that a person can be mezabil otzar. He can put uh, manure, he can put uh, fertilizer in the otzar. You first need to have a cutout in the ground of three tvachim deep so that it doesn't look like you're putting it on the ground to make things grow. Or so that it's tall enough that it looks like there's just a heap and not that you're actually growing anything. If there was already some fertilizer scattered around, then now let's get to the opinion that we need. We had said that you're not allowed to move dirt, and that was our concern. That means you're digging, but you just said you're not allowed to dig. So says the Gemara, how do we answer this? He already did the digging. The digging was done already. It was done before the Shemitah year was built. And yes, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah's that you're not allowed to dig at all. He does allow for the digging, provided that you're then going to fill the hole with a little bit of the zevil, with the fertilizer, because then that when he was digging, it wasn't for the sake of digging for, for Shviz. So it was only for the sake of having a place to put in the zevil. Let's just get to the bottom of the page. We do have a few minutes until Mar. We said, You can fix broken things. What does it mean that something's broken? So the Gemara here is referring to the ama, the channel of water that's in your field. If it was only one tefach deep, but really the channel should have been six tefach deep, thus the name ama. And Amma has six tvachim. Then there's nothing wrong with digging that out to make it work. That's what Mikul Kalos is. That's what you're allowed to fix. So says the Gemara, let's see if we can try and expand this to other areas. Pshita, I understand that chasi tefach al shlosha tvachim, we're looking at the ratio of one to six. We had said that if the channel was supposed to be six deep, but was only one deep, you're allowed to, you're allowed to make it six deep. What if the one to six ratio was from a chati tefach, which is a half, until shlosha, which is still a ratio of one to six? So there we say, cave under low of our maya, lo klumhi. That's not allowed because even if you put it out to three, you haven't done anything yet. Water doesn't really transfer in that kind of way. I, I don't understand the metzias here, but the Gemara's assumption is, is that three tefachim of a channel is insufficient. And what about the other? What if the ratio was much larger than the one to six in, in that, not than the ratio, but what if it was larger than six tefachim? What if it was tefachayim al shneimasar? What if really I built a huge channel during the week? It was 12 tfachim deep and it was only two left. Am I allowed to dig that out? No, that's the katarach tircha yisera lo. That's not allowed either. Okay, so what if it's tfachayim? What if I have um, two dug out and really my channel is seven uh, tfachim? Al shiva mahu. Do we say, Really, we allowed five over there in the one to five ratio. Here too, in the two to seven, I'm also digging out five. Or maybe because no, we're making the ama more than an ama. We're making it more than six tvachim. We're making the channel into seven. That we don't know. And again, to highlight the question I was asking before, 
It is amazing how subtle we are getting in regards to what Tircha is. And again, all the modern applications, very difficult. Here are some kulas that the Gemara presents, and then we'll close at the bottom line of the page. He let the people of the city, the Shrufe Nara, they were allowed to clear out some of the things that were blocking the river in order to allow the river to flow more smoothly. It must have been a small brook more than a river. Uh, they were allowed to do something similar. These are different verbs of similar ideas that they were allowed to be the Mikra. Rashi says, on the bottom line, Lifnos Mikor Hamayon Shinistam. This is specifically at the opening of that which feeds that little brook or stream that you're allowed to clean. Ravashi Sharluhu Lebne Matamachasil, the Akduche Naharbornet, they could be La Akduche. Rashi also speaks about this. Lifnos Sirton Shebe Emsanar. This is talking about something that's blocking the middle of the river. And Omar Kavan de Shasu Mine Rabim, because many people drink from this water, Kirabim Dummy. It's as if it belongs to everybody. And Vitznan, our Mishnah teaches us, Osin Kultur Rabim, that one is allowed to do the needs of others, the needs of the people on Cholamoy. We'll stop right here. Tomorrow morning, we'll start at 710, one way or the other. We'll start at 710, just for those who aren't coming. We'll start at 710. We will be done by the 745 Shachris. Um, I think that's it. Wishing you all a beautiful night. I thought the number.